If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The vastness of the Pacific Ocean seemed... Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com. Endless is our United. 
state special forces elite team embarked on a routine naval exercise. We were trained to handle a multitude of scenarios, but little did we know that the most unexpected and harrowing encounter of our lives was about to unfold. As we sailed through the calm waters, our eyes caught sight of an ominous sight on the horizon, an abandoned cargo ship drifting aimlessly. Our curiosity peaked, we decided to investigate. A sense of trepidation crept up my spine as we boarded the derelict vessel, not knowing what to expect. The ship's interior was eerie, a ghostly echo of its former activity. Dust and cobwebs covered everything, and a stifling atmosphere hung in the air. But it was not the ship's emptiness that alarmed us. It was the cargo we discovered below deck. There, in the dim light, stood a creature that defied all logic and explanation. It was taller than any of us, easily dwarfing a pickup truck by a couple of feet. Its bones were encased in a haunting contrast of black and white, long arms half-stretched to its sides, as if it was daring us to challenge it. This cryptid creature was like nothing we had encountered before. Three-dimensional and imposing, it exuded an aura of deathly stillness. It seemed to absorb light around it, not reflecting anything in return. A deer skull formed its nightmarish face void of expression, yet evoking an unshakable sense of malevolence. Before we could fully process the enigma before us, the creature lunged at our team with unimaginable speed and ferocity. Chaos erupted as we struggled to defend ourselves against this formidable adversary. The creature's attack caught us off guard, and it inflicted injuries on several of our soldiers. Instinct and training kicked in, and we retaliated with a hail of gunfire. The bullets hit the creature, causing it to roar in pain and anger, but it wasn't enough to bring it down. Despite our efforts, the cryptid managed to escape by leaping into the sea, disappearing beneath the waves with an eerie, vanishing act. We rushed to the ship's deck, hoping to catch a glimpse of the creature's retreat, but it was as if it had never been there. The ocean lay calm and undisturbed, leaving us to wonder if the encounter had been a mere hallucination. As a special forces team, we were accustomed to facing danger head-on, but this encounter left us shaken to our core. We knew we had encountered something beyond the realm of our understanding, a cryptid that defied all known laws of nature. It was an average summer day for us ten-year-olds in northern Illinois. It was a day just like any other before it. We saw the same people. We watched the same cars drive by, and we heard the same animals making the same noises they always make. There we were, the four of us taking a break from playing basketball, and for some reason I looked up. There it was, the biggest bird I'd ever seen flying out of the western sky, but I wasn't sure it really was a bird. When I first saw it, I was certain it was one of those custom-made biplanes that was just made to look like a bird. However, I noticed there wasn't any noise coming from its engines. That's when the beast's wings flapped. It was at that time I realized I was actually staring at a bird, bigger than any I had ever seen in my life. I shouted at my three friends to look up, partly so they could see this giant bird, and partly so I'd have someone to tell me if I was seeing things or not. At the time, I wasn't sure if any of them did look up. My eyes were fixed on the bird. 
I continued to watch it as it flew over my house, then off into the eastern sky. The entire sighting was only about 30 seconds, but those 30 seconds were etched into my mind forever. The bird itself was probably around 6 to 10 feet in length. As for its wingspan, I am certain that it was at least around 25 feet, maybe bigger. It was a dark brown color with no other marks that I could see. One thing that stands out in my mind is its huge claws. I'd seen both vultures and birds of prey's claws, and something about these made me think of a bird of prey. The only part of the bird that I didn't get a good look at was its head. All I can remember seeing is its beak, and that was only for a brief moment. As for the other three witnesses, I am certain that two of them saw the bird too. As for the third one, he wasn't around when I looked to see if anyone else was present after the bird was out of my view. As for one of the other witnesses at the time of the sighting, and for a while after it, he agreed that we saw a rather large bird, but a couple of months after the sighting, he said he didn't remember seeing anything. As for the fourth witness, he has always agreed that we saw a giant bird that day. He remembers it being a dark color, but isn't sure which color because the sun was in his eyes from his viewpoint. One thing we don't agree on about the bird is its size. He thinks it was slightly bigger, around 12 feet with a wingspan of about 30 feet. That sighting was seven years ago, 1995, and to this day I'm not sure what it was. I know it wasn't a vulture or a hawk of some kind because I see those all the time around here. After reading about Thunderbirds, I believe that is what it was. I just wish I could get a glimpse of it again. One then I can be certain if all I saw was my imagination taking over for a moment, or a truly massive bird roaming the Midwestern skies. On February 27th, 2023, my friend was driving home from work and passing down my country road sometime between 5 p.m. and 6 p.m., less than a mile from my house at the end of my township, within 1,000 feet of the closest house. He saw an unknown creature. It was at the edge of the road as if it were about to cross. It was pitch black, very furry, and had a bobbed tail in the face of a pit bull. I could see its jowls. It had dog-like ears, slender but muscular, and was standing on all fours. When it saw me, it paid no attention to me, but slowly turned around and leaped back into the woods. When it leaped, it jumped like a frog. Its legs were turned out just like a frog. It was appropriately the size of a Great Dane on all fours. He was uncertain if it had humanoid feet and couldn't identify much else. Where he reported having seen it in a wooded area right beside a small bayou, southern Louisiana, and there is a notable nook that leads off into the woods, right around where he saw it. The very same night after he saw it, I heard strange noises around midnight, akin to something climbing a wooden structure, thuds and the sound of wood bowing, side events. Six or so years ago, I saw something strange leap between one section of woods to another, across a highway about a half mile from my home. It was black, hairy, and ape-like at a glimpse. About three years ago, me and my wife heard a tapping on the window behind us, around midnight, 
We laughed about it at first, but my cousin from across the street called me moments after and said there's something big in your yard. I could hear it running through your yard. It's in the woods now. We investigated and heard it rustling through trees, but never saw it. The next morning, outside the window that was tapped on was a large humanoid footprint, barefoot. To tap on the glass would require something to stand upright, at least five feet minimum, given the lifted foundation. About three years ago, a buddy and I were hanging out, and we saw something strange walk into my cousin's yard across the street. It was large, black, and furry. It walked on all fours and appeared like a pig at first glance. We scoped in on it and couldn't determine what it was. It had a dog-like snout, but the stature and build of a hog. It was about the size of a large hog, or perhaps a large bear cub. I don't remember it having a tail. It sniffed around his house, circled it, and went back into the woods. About a year ago, I was driving at night from the far end of my road. There is a curve approximately a half mile from where my friend reported seeing the creature. In the curve, as I banked a bit, my headlight shined into the woods and revealed eye shine about six feet off the ground. I stopped the car next to where the eye shine was to examine it. I didn't see anything else, but the smell of rotting meat flooded the car, and I promptly left. About a year ago, I was outside around midnight when I heard a strange noise in my cousin's yard. I shined a flashlight over there and caught some eye shine at average height from the ground. It looked at me and kept walking into the wood line. In my experience, if you spotlight something and can see its eye shine, they stop and stare at you. This thing kept going, but watched me the whole time. I continued to shine into the wood line for a bit longer and it returned, about 15 feet down the wood line. It stared at me from within the woods and turned around. I continued to shine my light and caught it one more time in the same place as the second encounter. It looked at me for a moment and turned away. I didn't see the eye shine again. At the time, I had an eerie feeling that it seemed too sentient to be a deer or a hog. Maybe a big cat, but no normal woodland critter from around here. I live in a fenced, but not gated, neighborhood. Road to the north, little stream, followed by two large, large for the suburbs. Properties, then a small horse stable, then the rest of the suburbs to the east. Forest and a large horse, stable to the south, and a dollar general, then main road to the west. Overall, I live in a somewhat densely populated area, 3K, TPL. But where my neighborhood is, it's mostly suburbs and a few random pockets here and there that you'd think are in the boonies if you saw a picture of it without ever living here. Anyways, when I was little, currently 15, for whatever reason, I always went to the bathroom with the door open. I don't anymore thank God that habit changed. One day when I was seven, I saw a shadow with no body pacing back and forth in the hallway that lead to both my room and the bathroom, not getting too close to the bathroom and never getting too far from my line of sight. Imagine a backwards E as the layout of this hallway. Top horizontal bar is the stairs leading downstairs. Middle is my room. Bottom is the bathroom. 
You can't see past the stairs from the bathroom. I could tell where my room was because it was daytime, and my room has a long window near the roof, and the door was open, making that part of the hallway blue. It was of a tall, skinny woman with short, straight hair. We had no visitors but all my family. Brother, father, and mother was home. They were all downstairs, and like I said, you can't see further than the stairs from the bathroom. My mom is short, a bit overweight, and has long, curly hair. I got scared shitless, so I quickly finished and ran downstairs to tell him what happened. As I was finishing, I saw her stop in front of my room, turn towards it, then sort of disappear by fading away as she walked in. A few years later, I was talking to a neighborhood friend of mine who's the same age as me about ghosts. We were probably 11 or 12 at the time. I asked him if he had ever seen a ghost before, and without me having ever told him about what I saw at that point, he told me that one night, when he was ten, he woke up in the middle of the night and didn't know why. He looked towards his bedroom door, and there stood a shadow darker than the surrounding room of a tall, skinny woman with short, straight hair, seemingly staring right at him. His little sister is many years younger than us and slept with his mom, and his mom and sister are tall and skinny with long, wavy hair. He said it was 3D, so it had some depth to it. When I saw the ghost, I saw it was flat, like an actual shadow, until it walked into my room and faded away. After he told me his story, I told him mine. Not exactly the scariest thing ever, but it still gives me the creeps sometimes thinking about it. Ever since I've known for myself, I have loved nature. I could even say that it's my passion, which is why the job of even a park ranger was perfect, until one day I worked at this nature park where the visitation hours were from, 8 a.m. to 11 p.m. There were many of us, and our shifts changed every week, so one week I would do first, and the next week I would do second, and so on. One Friday I was second shift, which meant I would stay until everybody left and check. If everything is okay, then I was off. I did a short tour that a few visitors asked for that day, but other than that, it was pretty unengaged since I didn't have to do a lot. I was already walking and checking up everything long before I was supposed to be done with work. It already got dark, and I was walking through the woods. I noticed a flash of lightning at me from behind me on one of the trees in the distance. It was weird. I went to check it out, but as I got to the point that I thought the light was coming from, suddenly it came at me again from the place that I'd come from. It was super weird, and I yelled out, whoever was doing that, to knock it off. As I said, the flash of light came from a completely different direction. There's no way that a person could travel that way in such a short time. So I realized I was probably being messed with by two different people, figuring it was my co-workers, even though we weren't really close, nor do we ever do this kind of stuff. I yelled again. I was not going to participate in this stupid joke. Whoever or whatever it was should leave. I left. I did not have any control over this and could not do anything about it if they were purposefully trying to mess with me. So basically, it was my problem. I informed my supervisor that somebody could still be in the park. He said that he would take over. I left and got in my car and began to drive home. I live about ten minutes away from the park. 
Suddenly, I got a phone call from an unknown number. I answered it. Somebody told me in a raspy voice I should not have left them there all alone, that I would regret it. I told them to never call me again and hung up. When I got to work, they told me they had found a dead dog at the place I'd reported the flashing lights. This was the work of an insane individual who was messing with me, somebody who would do something so horrid. I was stationed at the FOB, Forward Observation Base, in Kamenica as a civilian contractor. I was driving one morning from the FOB to Camp Monteith to do a distribution run and pick up laundry and such. Halfway to Camp Monteith, you drive through a heavily wooded and hilly region, but not all that big and still somewhat populated. Hard for me to describe an exact location unless someone is actually familiar with the area. About two miles before you pass a restaurant called The Planet, I witnessed a hairy hominid coming down a fairly steep slope and then crossing the road in front of the vehicle, going from my right side, too. My left side. Nothing like what you hear from the American version of Bigfoot. Not sure what to call it, so we'll stick with a hairy hominid. This hairy hominid was only around five half feet tall. Only an estimate is I was in a four-wheel drive that sits kind of high. It was slender, bipedal, reddish, colored hair heavily matted around the buttocks and front groin area. Hair is longer on the head than on the rest of the body. The rest of the hair is three, four inches in length. Profile of face flat and dark, skinned, black. Hands were also black. Did not get a good look at the feet. No visible mammaries or other aids in determining sex. The sighting did not last too long, and there was also the shock factor involved. Trying to be as detailed as I can, I only saw the profile of the face, but was fairly flat and very dark. I saw the hands, but did not get a real good look at the feet as it moved in front of the vehicle and then across the road and down a slope into a valley. Hands were also very dark. I would say black as far as the face and hands go. I was curious after this happened. I was afraid of ridicule from my workmates and feared for my security clearance, so I kept quiet about it. But after finally talking to my wife about it, I feel I can share it with like-minded people. Does anyone know if hominids have a history of sightings in the Balkans or around Kosovo? I tried an internet search and came up empty. I hope I was thorough enough or detailed enough. This incident occurred at Carson Lake in the Grand Mesa National Forest of Colorado. The lake sits on the edge of what is called Land's Edge on the Grand Mesa. A friend and I were hunting. We had hiked down the Canna Creek Trail to look for game. We had spent most of the day on a stand. We made our way back to my truck, but decided to stay the night so we could hunt in the early morning and then go home. We were getting things set up for camp, building a fire, and getting food out to cook. I had a pop-up camper, and I had just got it up and situated when my friend said, What the heck is that sound? He had never spent as much time in the woods as I had, so he was freaked out instantly. I came out of the camper and asked him what was the problem. That is when I heard it. It's hard to explain how it sounded. 
It was a high-pitched but deep scream that lasted for long periods off and on. The sound goes up and down in volume. Whatever it was sounded angry for some reason. At first, I didn't give it much thought. I'd heard mountain lion screams, and that will make the hair stand up on the back of your neck. But this sound went on and on, pausing for short moments as if to catch its breath. My friend was really freaked out now. I said to him, it's just a line or two lines across the lake. This did not calm him down much. I had my sidearm on me, so I pulled it out and shot off around in the air during the screaming. Then it was silent. I told him I scared it away. I started to go about getting food out so we could eat. The daylight was fading to the point where you can't quite see details across the lake, but you can still see movement and other features. About a minute after firing off the round in the air, the screaming started again. This time it was closer, but still across the lake. It seemed more pissed off, as if it was very mad we were here. We could hear the brush shaking and raking, but we could not see it, but just hear it. Now I'm getting freaked out because of what just happened. It was coming closer. You would think that a gunshot would scare game away, not bring it in closer. My friend is really getting freaked out and wants to leave immediately. I tell him we have high-powered rifles and we will be safe. The whole time we're talking about leaving, the screaming is going on. I eventually gave in to him wanting to leave and started to pack up camp. This took some time for us to do, maybe ten minutes or so. During this time, the screaming continued. We got everything loaded up in a hurry, buttoned up the camper, and got in the truck. I started it up and left. It was now dark, and the headlights were the only lights beside the stars. The drive up and out of the lake had a few switchbacks. I stopped at one to see if the screaming was still going on. It was not. We drove out of there and down the mountain, not saying a word. We had stopped to get a bite to eat. We felt unsure of what we had experienced. Both of us decided not to say anything to anyone. I know I didn't say anything to anyone. For a very long time, I am unsure if my friend has said anything to anyone. I have watched shows on TV about Bigfoot since then. Some of the shows had recorded sounds of what they said was a Bigfoot. To me, it sounded like what I had heard at the lake. I have a friend that had a similar experience in this same area at a later time. My friend said it was at night when he saw something tall and large cross the road. Also, during the day, he found some very large tracks. Some other friends said that they heard some screaming that sounded a lot like what I described in the area. They didn't tell the rest of the hunting party about what they heard until later, when the rest of them heard these screams in the middle of the night. It was loud enough to wake them up. My wife and I were trying out our truck's new tires and went up this logging road. I stopped to look at this valley in the moonlight. I stopped the truck and rolled down the window. We heard this rock hit the graveled road, but we were not moving. We then heard this extremely bone-chillingly loud scream and what sounded like trees' branches breaking and being thrashed about. The sound was like no other sound imaginable. I'll never forget it. We lived just two miles from this place, and this was the first time I felt this scared up there on the mountain.
This one night, my senior year after homecoming, I decided to stay at one of my friend's house. Including me, there was about five other people there. We usually would mess around with a spirit box or whatever because we were bored high schoolers in the Appalachian Mountains. What else were we supposed to do? We messed around with it for a while. Then my friend had an idea to play with an OJ board while the others were just chilling on the bed. We weren't getting any results by playing around with it, so we stopped and went back to the spirit box. My father died a few years back, and the spirit box said his name, then powered itself off. Me and my friends were in shock, of course, so we decided to call it quits for the night. About an hour passed, and my friend had to go outside to go feed his chicken. When he went outside, we heard some tapping on the window, so we thought it was him playing a joke on us. So we sent our other friend outside to check on him. Then the tapping began again. At this point, we were like, wow, so funny guys, thinking they both were in on it. Then we heard walking upstairs. We were in the basement of the house, which was weird because no one was there other than my friends in the basement and the two outside. Suddenly, the two who were outside bursted inside. The friend who went out first was a pretty big guy who never got scared by anything. His face was completely pale, like he had seen a ghost, so we were like, what the hell happened? Apparently, when he was outside feeding his chickens, he heard something walking in the woods. At first, he thought it was a deer or maybe some other animal. But when he went inside the chicken house, apparently he heard someone whisper, please help me, in an eerie and deep, struggling voice. My friends who were in the basement decided to go back outside with him just to check if there was anyone on the property, so obviously they went outside with guns because we're county bumpkins. I decided to stay inside because it was colder than a witch's tit outside. I was sitting in my friend's computer chair just chilling when suddenly it sounded like someone was running around upstairs. Hell, it was everywhere. It even sounded like it was in the walls at one point. So I ran like hell outside barefoot in like 30-degree weather. I found the guys by the chicken coop and asked if they were pranking me and explained what happened. But all of them had been outside. It was just unexplainable. We only used the UIJ board for a few minutes, but there was just something off. Especially since things were happening outside the house and inside. I've been thinking about posting this for a while. Has anyone else had a similar experience? One of my old drinking buddies back home was the token hunter of our group, a great dude who always had stories. One day he shows up to a party looking kind of spooked, so we ask him what's wrong. Apparently him and his hunting buddy were a few kilometers away from their truck, just enjoying the hike through the gorgeous Alberta wilderness. They had their deer tags and were just out enjoying the process. After a few hours of unsuccessfully searching for deer, they turned around and headed back, following their own tracks in, to get out. Turns out that there were fresh mountain lion tracks that started almost immediately from the truck and followed their footsteps the entire way into the bush. They had been followed by a mountain lion the minute they got out of the truck and had no idea. He had said that it wasn't uncommon to see mountain lion tracks, but apparently something about being the singular focus of one for so many hours had the two completely spooked. I get it, man. That's some apex predator nonsense that I want new to part of.
I went on a small trek with a couple of my friends in dense forest, and while coming back down, it was dark already. As we walked down the mountain, we used our torch, which was almost dying. So in midway, we heard some noise in trees, but we didn't see any animal there. We thought there may be monkeys hovering upon trees, and we decided to make loud noise with some metal stuff we had, as the monkeys won't come near. Now an hour passed, we were almost down the mountain. Still, we could hear noises in trees, but no sight of any animals. As we reached down, there was a small temple with dim light, where we decided to rest as we felt safe. Now the forest part was over, and there was huge barren farmland with clear sight, no trees around, and we had to walk two kilometer more to reach our car. After fifteen minutes of rest, we decided to go ahead. As we stepped out of the temple, we saw two huge black bears passing by. They were barely seven, eight feet away from us. They followed us all the way down the mountain, and luckily they went on the other direction. We ran the shit out of there until we reached our car. Hiking in Big Bend National Park on a super remote trail on the east side of the park. I was completely alone, and there was absolutely no ranger station or a civilization for at least 30 miles. As I approached the seventh mile of a 14-mile trail, I stop and take in the scenery. Due to the remoteness of Big Bend and being in the low desert at noon, it was completely silent. As I'm approaching a large canyon pictured below, I get a hunch. I always hike alone, and I'm a little paranoid, so I always try to be aware of my surroundings. As I stop, I hear a giant noise that I can only describe as a roaring lion scream combined into one sound. It seemed to be lower in the canyon, but it echoed through the silence. I was pretty sleep-deprived, so I brushed it off as a hallucination or something. Then I hear it again. This time it was loud, and it seemed to be right up the trail. I get that fight-or-flight response. Sweaty palms, dry mouth, shaking. My biggest fear is a mountain lion, and I was afraid that I had messed up going on this trail alone. As I was in my stance, I just screamed him, not scared of you bitch, as loud as I could. After a couple of screams, a creature appears up the trail. It was a wild burrow, left by old settlers. He hawing its way down the canyon wall. It just looked at me for a second and kept going. I used to work for my brother doing landscape work on foreclosed houses. Usually we just mowed the lawn so it didn't get out of hand, and the house looked at least decent to anyone who might want to buy them. In some cases, we would have to clean leftover stuff out of them as well. Eventually, my brother would send me out on my own for the simple lawn care cases or to take pictures of newly foreclosed houses so the banks could assess what needed to be done. In this particular case, I was sent to a new house in the town beyond the deliverance, Esktown in my area. After the 45-minute drive out through a heavily forested area, I arrived to take exterior and interior pictures. I take the exterior shots no problem, however, when I put the key in the door to go inside the door, just opens and I'm hit with a cold, musty air and hear something scurry upstairs. Needless to say, I turned around and deemed the house unsafe to enter with a bank, more for there might be someone squatting in there. 
danger than danger. From damage to the house. For some reason, before I left, I took a picture of the house with my phone, and it always creeped me out when I saw it. I have a story that goes back to the early 1970s. I'm from Linwood, Washington. I was traveling across Nevada from Idaho down to California, and it was early in the morning, and I was outside of Winnemucca, Nevada, about 5.30 or 6 a.m. I was by myself. It was out in the desert area, and it was virtually uninhabited. A car came up behind me with two inhabitants who basically started following right on my bumper. I became concerned because it was apparent that they were really interested in getting me stopped. They would pull up alongside and motion me over and things like that. I was afraid. So as we went along, this played out for several miles, and they kept motioning for me to pull over, and they came up alongside, and I became quite fearful. Well, the oddest thing happened. Somehow I was getting a flat right front tire as I could feel the car start to sway. I pulled up to a stop, and off to the right was a house. These people pulled up in the car and stopped behind me. I didn't know what to do. I was afraid to get out, and somebody came out of the house to a pickup truck that was running. And now this was the only house in the area. There was no other house around. And the older man walked out, and he looked in one of the people in the car, pointed to this guy, and they went ahead and pulled on by me and took off. So I got out, and I looked at the man, and he was doing something around the pickup. So I went ahead and got my tire out and changed it and went on my way. Well, it made me quite fearful. On the way back from California, on the way back to Idaho, I looked for this place. I wanted to stop because it left such a mark on me psychologically. I found the place. It was totally uninhabited, absolutely abandoned. No windows, no doors, just an old shack. I honestly feel that something kept me from being harmed. Something chased these two guys away. Was it a guardian angel looking over me? That is what happened? I always loved the idea of camping in the woods. There's something about the serenity of nature that draws me in. So, when my friend suggested we go on a camping trip deep in the woods, I jumped at the chance. Little did I know that it would be a decision that would change my life forever. As we set up our campsite, I couldn't help but feel a sense of unease. The woods were so dark and dense that I could barely see anything beyond the reach of our campfire. But I brushed it off, thinking that it was just my nerves getting the best of me. As the night fell, we huddled around the fire telling scary stories and roasting marshmallows. But soon enough, we heard strange noises coming from the woods. At first, we thought it was just an animal, but as the noises grew louder, we knew that it was something else entirely. Suddenly, out of the darkness, emerged a creature that I had never seen before. It was massive and covered in fur, with razor-sharp claws and glowing red eyes. We tried to run, but it was too fast. It tackled us, and we fell to the ground. We fought back with all our might, but it was too strong. We managed to get away, but we were badly injured. We stumbled through the woods trying to find a place to hide. We had no idea what had just happened to us. As we huddled in the woods, we realized that we were being hunted. The creature was still out there, and it was getting closer. We had to act fast. 
We gathered whatever weapons we could find and prepared for the worst. The creature emerged from the darkness once again, but this time we were ready. We attacked it with all we had, and after a fierce battle, we managed to take it down. We didn't know what it was, but we knew that it was something that didn't belong in our world. As we limped back to our campsite, we were confused and terrified. We had just encountered something that we couldn't explain, something that defied all logic. We packed up our gear and left the woods, vowing never to return. To this day, I still have nightmares about that creature. I can't shake the feeling that it's still out there, lurking in the darkness, waiting to strike again. The woods may seem peaceful and serene, but there are secrets hidden in their depths that we may never understand. This morning I woke up at my usual time, 5 a.m., to go to the gym before classes. I'm off campus staying with my parents, however. They are away for a month, so I've had the house to myself. Well, anyways, every morning I wake up, let my dog out to go do his business, shower or brush my teeth, and let him back inside before I get dressed and leave. This morning I woke up feeling a little weird. The house had a strange energy, and my gut sensed that something was up. I let my dog out into our pitch-black backyard. The deck light didn't turn on like it usually does, which is unusual, but I thought nothing of it and went to go shower. After my shower, I went back to the sliding glass door to my dog in, and I could see him sitting there waiting for me. I opened the door and watched him, a large black lab, walk in and under a table. I then proceeded to close the door and walk to my room to get dressed. Here's where it gets weird. As I was leaving the area where the back door is, I felt that same strange feeling that I had been feeling all morning. I decided to look at the dog's bed and noticed he wasn't in it. So I looked back at the door and saw, to my utter confusion, that he was still sitting outside. My stomach instantly dropped. I could have sworn on my life that I watched him come in the house and under a table. I walked back to the door, let my actual dog inside, and instantly searched my house to see if another animal came inside. Instead, I didn't find anything. As I thought more about it, the thing I let in before looked more like a shadow rather than a dog, and it moved differently, although it was around the same size. I called my girlfriend to tell her about it as she was waiting for me at the gym and she said it was probably just my imagination. But I have never, ever imagined something this real. I wasn't even tired. I noticed that my dog was acting a little strange, too, staring at one of our walls and growing quietly. I left soon after that and got on with my day. I'm at a loss. If anyone has a possible explanation to ease my nerves, because I'm really dreading sleeping there alone tonight. My husband, Kid, and I live out in the middle of nowhere on a plot of land that's about 100 acres. I'd say probably 90. Five of those acres are wilderness with that fee and hiking trails that we, and several of the previous owners created by exploring, we use that land for camping, hiking, and hunting. We like to find a spot, clear it a bit, and camp overnight. There's so much space we've never stayed in the same place twice. We've seen some kill sites both old and fresh. 
Lots of animal tracks, places where deer bed down, etc. I've even spent a lot of time hiking solo while the kid is in school and husband's at work. Whether alone or with the family, we always carry a firearm for protection. A few weeks ago, we decided to load up our camping gear and start a new trail. We marked the trails we make with spray paint on trees. We were pretty far in the woods, having hiked almost an hour when the atmosphere seemed to change. I don't know who noticed it first, but my husband, who was leading the three of us, turned around and gave me a concerned look. The birds had stopped chirping. The insects were quiet. There were no sounds around us. When in the woods, complete quietness is rarely a good thing. We continued onward, hyper-aware of our surrounds, while our kid continued merrily talking. We came to the stream that marks the midway point of our property. We stopped for a few minutes, my husband and I, in a stare-down with each other. We both felt something was off, but didn't want to scare our daughter. I finally broke the silence and said I suddenly didn't feel good and that we should go home. My husband nodded in agreement while our daughter voiced her protest. Too bad, kiddo. We turned around and started back. After going a few hundred yards, still in silent wilderness, I looked to my right and saw a person crouched down in a gill suit about 150 feet off our trail. I'm positive they saw that I noticed them, but they never moved. I cleared my throat to get my husband's attention, and when he looked back, I put my hand on the gun and the holster on my hip, which caused him to readjust his rifle in preparation of anything. I sped up my family and we hurried back home. I told my husband as soon as we were inside. We decided to call the police and report the tripwasser, filed a report, and was told to call again if we saw anyone. A few days later, my husband and I went out alone and set up a bunch of deer cams. We didn't go back out into the woods for maybe a week. Then he and I ventured out to retrieve the cam footage. Out of the nine cams we placed, we caught a person in a ghillie suit and two images. We handed copies over to the cops to go with our report. We haven't gone back out since except to check the deer cams. Haven't gotten any other trespassers. It freaks me out even more to think of the few times while camping that we heard walking near our tent in the middle of the night. We always assumed it was curious animals, but now I'm not so sure. My fiancé sees nightmarish stuff while he's half asleep. He hates scary movies and anything like them, but he frequently has nightmares. About once a month or more, he gets up, tense and ready to fight, looking intently at something across the room. Once he told me there was a big mother up behind the bedroom door. Once there was a green slime coming out of the wall. Once there was a monster perched on my desk getting ready to jump at us. Every time he does this, he eventually just rolls over and goes back to sleep, whether I gently tell him he's dreaming or not, and he remembers nothing in the morning. One night I went to bed before him, and I just had this feeling there was something under the bed. I wouldn't let my arms or feet hang off the edge of the bed and stayed burrito wrapped in my blanket. He eventually came to bed and fell asleep. Then sometime in the middle of the night, he woke me up telling me, whatever you do, don't let your feet hang off the end of the bed. If you do, they'll get you. I weakly cried. What? He answered. They tried to cut off my hand. I didn't sleep much that night. How did we both have the feeling something was under the bed on the same night?
the only time that's ever happened in our eight-year relationship. So according to my family, I was a creepy-as-if little kid. My mom basically refuses to talk about it and claims she prayed it all away. But I mean, who knows? I don't remember any of it myself. Most of my stories are from my older sister, who my mom would always talk about this stuff with. So anyways, I was around four and a half. My mom and dad had been trying for another baby for, I guess, around a year and a half, and it wasn't happening, so they basically stopped trying. My mom and I were home alone one day, and she was in the kitchen washing dishes or something. From another room, I walked in, went up to her, and hugged her stomach for a few seconds. I then looked up at her and told her, you're going to have a baby, and he's going to live to be as old as I am, then detached from her and walked away again. She ended up being pregnant with my brother, who was then born with a birth defect that caused him to pass away when he was four and a half years old. Edit, a few people asked for more, so here's another. So I had an imaginary friend, Gaiwa. Quick side story, I actually used to have two, but according to my sister, Jawa got rid of the other one. Anyways, my mom wanted me to do something. Eat my veggies, take a bath. Something kids don't like. I don't remember. I got upset and told her Gawa was going to get her back tonight. She didn't think much of it. But the next morning, her whole right arm was bruised up. I guess with one even resembling someone's hand grabbing her by the arm. She has no memory of what happened, but my sister said my mom felt like she was in pain. And one more. I guess my mom and dad were in a rough patch and were seeing a counselor. The counselor told my mom that when she was really mad at him, to write letters and then throw them away. So one night she got me into bed and then after a while started writing these letters. My dad worked nights. I guess they were in a big fight, so my mom wrote a good amount of letters that night. She would write one, crumple it up, and then throw it behind her into the trash. Fast forward to the morning. My mom was making me breakfast and I was sitting at the table. There wasn't anything in front of me, no paper or anything. But I started doing these motions like I was crumpling something up and throwing it behind me. She asked what I was doing, and I told her I was doing what she was doing last night. The night before, she was in a room with the door locked. No way I could see him. This happened a week or so ago. I don't know exactly what time it was, but it was dark. I live on a farm. I was walking home after putting our farm animals to bed when I passed an old, practically fallen, down barn on our property. It's in bad condition. It nearly collapsed on my mother once upon a time. I glanced at the barn as I neared it and witnessed a huge, bulky, maybe winged thing duck away into the barn, incredibly fast. It seemed to me like it cowered away when I looked at it, like it didn't want to be caught watching me. It was huge, seemingly too big to fit through the large open window at the front of the barn where it appeared to be perched. Its eyes were tiny and glistening white. Once I saw the thing, I ran as fast as I could for my house. I felt a sensation that made me feel like something was rushing towards me incredibly but never reaching me. That's the only way I can explain it. I still don't like going outside on my own when it's dark. And that barn freaks me out a bit. 
Once in a while, I hear noises from seemingly within it. It sounds like somebody setting down a pile of wooden planks over and over. It could be an echo from elsewhere on the property, but I don't know. I also feel like it may have just been my mind playing tricks on me, but it seemed too unnaturally real. I feel like the barn is watching me whenever I pass it. I grew up listening to the eerie tales and legends that were woven into the very fabric of our small Irish village. One story that I still vividly remember is that of the widower and his late wife. In our village, there lived a couple who had a beautiful house, but never had any children. The wife's death hit the husband hard, leaving him in a cloud of sorrow. She was buried far away, almost on the outskirts of another city. Yet whispers began to spread that the wife was visiting her husband every night, even in death. Residents living near the widower's house reported a terrible stench in the early hours, accompanied by mournful moans echoing through the darkness. They claimed to have seen a decaying figure entering the house on several occasions. Fearful of what might happen, the neighbors warned the widower about the strange nightly visitor. He, however, denied experiencing anything unusual. Suspicions grew among the villagers who believed that the widower was hiding a macabre secret relationship with his deceased wife. One fateful night, they saw the rotting woman, covered in mud and dressed in rags, wandering close to the houses before making her way to the widower's home. As dawn broke, the villagers found muddy footprints leading inside the house, yet the widower still denied the rumors. No one could ever prove that it was, indeed, the late wife visiting her husband. But the legend persisted, and it said that after the widower passed away, the ghostly woman was never seen again. Stories like these are a testament to the rich folklore that makes Ireland so enchanting. From tales of gnomes, elves, and leprechauns, there is no shortage of strange and mysterious beings that capture our imaginations. As I've grown older, I've come to appreciate these stories even more, recognizing that there is far more to the world than what meets the eye. And though these tales may send shivers down our spines, they also serve as a reminder of the magic and wonder that lie just beneath the surface of our everyday lives. One night about 3 a.m., while walking home from work to our apartment in Century Towers, Pitt Street, Sydney, we saw what we jokingly referred to as man, but we lived in the then New Century Towers on the 52nd floor when staying close to work. One of our businesses was the Penthouse Gentlemen's Club, a 24-7-day business that we normally took turns to manage. Hence, we kept an apartment in the busy city. My business partner, Michael, was an accomplished accountant. He finished second in the country in tax law and has an IQ of 185. I'm a more normal bloke who had a background in security and also owned a demolition company in Adelaide, South Australia. My point is, we were both business. Type guys who, although drink on occasion, are not drug users and were very sober on this occasion. Anyhow, that night we were walking home casually, enjoying some friendly banter about our day in work. As we crossed the side street to our building, I happened to look up. 
and only about one level or story above us, I clearly saw this humanoid creature gliding with wings fully outstretched. The wings were of membrane-type appearance, and the head was scoping left to right as it glided around the corner of the opposite building to our apartment. The head or face wasn't human. It looked a little bit cone, shaped maybe even slightly reptilian, and I didn't see the eye color. Quite frankly, I was in shock and scared at the same time. It seemed that Michael and I quickened our stride toward our own building, and I already had my pass in hand to swipe the security device to open the doors to our foyer. Meanwhile, we had both stopped talking as we hurried into the well-lit lobby. We both acknowledged the night manager's security on the way to the elevators. Once inside the lifts, Michael turned to me and said in a higher-than-normal excited voice, Did you see that? What the F was that? I don't know what it was, and it was many years ago now, in 2005. On occasion, I've Google searched to see if anyone else has ever reported something similar, and today is the first time I have, being your videos. I have studied various religions, their origins, and Gnostic teachings for many years, and have my own theories, but it's all guessing, really. Anyhow, I thought I'd tell you for your own reference. was on a solo hunt in the Trinity's back in 2015. I hiked into a remote area off trail and set up camp for the night. Laying there in my bag looking up at the stars, I noticed a very faint flash, almost imperceptible, and at first I thought it was just my imagination. After a few more flashes, I realized it was some kind of light coming from the ground level and not from up in the sky because I could see the underside of the trees light up each time it happened. Thinking it may be a trail cam, I laid there as still as possible, thinking maybe movement was triggering it, but it kept happening. Thinking maybe it was on some kind of timer, I started counting to see if the flashes were evenly spaced. The flashes were happening at random intervals. This went on for at least an hour until I finally drifted off to sleep. The next morning, I searched high and low for a trail cam or anything out of the ordinary, but found nothing. Still don't really know what it was that I was seeing, but I know there were definitely flashes going off like a camera flash, except very faint, but enough to illuminate the bottom side of the branches and the trees around me. Made me a little uneasy for the rest of the trip. I was playing with my Play-Doh with my sister, and we were having a good time. However, something about our house always felt off. Apparently, all six couples who had lived here previously were divorced, and the same had happened to my mom and dad. But we tried not to think about it too much and focused on our Play-Doh. Suddenly, my sister asked me to go downstairs and get a butter knife. I hesitated for a moment, but then made my way down the stairs. As I looked towards the kitchen, I saw a big, looming black shadow. I was frozen with fear and let out a scream before running back upstairs to my sister. She laughed it off and went to get the knife herself. I wasn't the only one who experienced something strange in that house. My brother once felt something like a hand touch him while he was sitting on the edge of his bed. He looked under the bed but saw nothing there. My mom also saw a shadowy figure next to her bed more than once. At first, she thought it was one of us kids, but when she realized she was alone in the house, she got scared. 
Despite trying to brush it off, the eerie feeling of the house persisted. Eventually, we decided to move out. The place still gives me the heebies, jeebies, and I can't help but wonder what was really going on in that house. Hunting a day after a snowfall, I stayed out until well after sunset. Took what looks like an old logging skid that cuts across a hillside like a trail, but sunk in enough that it's like a ditch you could drive through. The sides are icy and sparkling in my flashlight and my steps are super crunchy. That's it for that night, but I go back to the same spot the next day. Get set up at a natural saddle with many deer tracks and sit. There's clearly an animal trying to move quietly off one side of the ridge, so I'm very focused and dying to stand up and take a peek. Sun goes down. Coyote starts sounding off and some dude starts screaming help. Then just plain screaming, from the same direction as the coyotes. And it's the same and only direction back to the road. I decided he's either having a freak out or getting torn apart. Either way, I'm waiting to see if it's a deer down there, as this is my last day of the season. Eventuality shooting light is over, and I decide I don't want to stumble into anything weird like an ambush or a crime in progress. Archery season so stupid, no gun rule. So I sit there for another hour to wait it out, and maybe kill a coyote. Eventually I'm frozen and dying to pee, so I quit, and after about an hour in the dark, I strike that same tunnel-like path. The instant I reach it, I can see in my flashlight that there's mountain lion tracks converging from the opposite direction and going right on top of my prints from yesterday. Mother effer, I can't say he was trailing me the day before, but they look the same exact age. Hair standing up big time. Okay, maybe I almost died yesterday, but I'm definitely fighting a giant cat tonight. Worst thing was the dead still air and my feet making so much noise that deep bass crunch, giant full moon light shining on the snow, world become black and white, very surreal. Story actually ends uneventfully, but strangely there was no sign of anyone else by the road. When I was 11, I was friends with this girl who lived alone with her mom in this massive old Victorian house. It was gorgeous. Wood floors, fireplaces in every room, and heavy doors with window, things at the top. She had told me her house was super haunted, but I figured she only thought that because of how old it was. So we're playing Barbies in her room. It's just her, one other girl, and me. Her mom is across the house sewing. They decide to go into the kitchen and make macaroni and cheese. I want to keep playing, so I stayed alone in her room. I watched them leave the room, and since the door was super heavy, I clearly heard it shut. The floors creaked as they walked into the kitchen. I could faintly hear them talking because the window thing was open above the door. To set the scene, I'm sitting on the floor with my back to the fireplace, doing my Barbie thing. On her mantle, she has like a dozen or so American girl dolls lined up all perfect. About ten minutes go by. I was still playing when I heard the door open. They were back from the kitchen. The girl who lives there immediately lays into me saying, That's not funny. You know I'm freaked out about the house and ghosts. I have no idea what they're talking about. Then I looked at the mantle. 
Every single one of the doll's arms were in the air. They refused to believe I didn't do it, and I still get goosebumps thinking about it. I grew up in rural Pennsylvania and have spent most of my life here. I've been hiking all over the state at least once a week every week since I began driving at 16. But all across the many state parks, I have spent thousands of hours hiking in the woods. I've had three strange encounters now since the summer of 2022, almost as if a door has been opened since the first one. The story I'm sharing today is the most recent thing that happened to me and my two buddies last Saturday night. It completely traumatized me. My two lifelong friends and I went on a spur of the moment night hike Saturday night. I haven't hiked at night for nearly two years. I used to hike alone all the time, but hiking with these two guys made us all feel bold. We were hiking near the part of the Appalachian Trail where we grew up in Duncanon, and the AT runs through the town. There's a ridge next to the town with a very popular hiking vista called Hawk Rock. At the base of the mountain, there's a creek that flows into the Susquehanna River and a road that follows this creek back into the woods for about a mile and a half. It leads to Boy Scout camp shelters and water wells, follows the creek around a bend, and then ends where the road ends. We have a low-key camping site that follows an easy to miss trail that continues past the road and goes into the woods another couple hundred of yards. We're about two and a half miles from the car. We're sitting there talking about Sasquatch and encounters. Both of my friends have ever had an encounter. This night was totally dark with no moon. We couldn't see each other side by side without a flashlight, and it was dead quiet. In hindsight, it seems weird. There are normally lots of frogs along that creek. I've been at this campsite about two dozen times and never had anything happen to us there. We're talking about missing 411 and my two previous encounters. One friend has never heard the Sierra sounds, and my other friend told me not to play them. I made two tree knocks, then we played the Sierra sounds in total darkness. On cue, not even a minute went by, and a huge rock splashed into the creek about 30 yards away from the direction of our trail, and the only way out, I was already on my feet. I have thrown many rocks into creeks, rivers, and lakes, and that rock was large. It made that whoop sound of breaking the water and crashing into the creek bed. Immediately, we felt that sense of dread and danger. Then it happened a second and a third time back to back. I said we need to get the F out of here right now. We were 100% sober. I've been up and down that creek by kayak trail and fishing. It's one of the few areas in Pennsylvania that doesn't have beavers. I've never seen a beaver or signs of beavers anywhere along that creek. I've heard beaver tail slaps. And it didn't sound like that at all. It was loud and scared the crap out of us. It was so close to us that it didn't seem like just a coincidence. We packed our bags up at hammocks in less than a minute and started walking out in the direction of these splashes. We got parallel to where it happened, maybe 30 seconds later. The creek was five feet to our left. There was a fog over the creek. We couldn't see the other side, but there was nothing over there but woods. Then it happened a fourth, a fifth, and a sixth time. Loud splashes of large rocks crashed into the water right next to us. I was on point. We're going through this trail with the brush to our right and the creek to our left dark. 
we weren't speaking to each other. We stuck together and were only focused on getting out. We got back to the road and we were practically jogging back toward the car. We were saying that was weird and was too close and too conveniently timed. We continued down this road and got a mile away from where it happened. The road was maybe 50 feet from a creek now and a little bit higher up, but still parallel to the creek and completely silent. So quiet that you could hear a pin drop. We began to feel like we were okay now. But then it happened again. A large, loud splash in the creek below is perfectly parallel to us. The sense of danger was palpable and we could feel it around us. Something was on the other side of the creek mirroring us. The problem was there are no trails, no houses, nothing but woods over there. Whatever it was over there was keeping pace with us silently, without light or without a trail, and we could feel it. We got to the end of the road and two kids were walking in with lights. We saw them coming. I said to my friends, we have to tell them what just happened. We couldn't let these kids go in there without warning. We told them what happened, and all of us were clearly shaken and rattled. We got into the car and drove back to my buddy's place in town. For three hours, we tried to rationalize and reason what it was. You couldn't think of any animal that checks all the boxes of the behavior. If it was somebody messing with us, they were in the middle of nowhere, without a light throwing large rocks and moving silently without a trail. If it was an animal, we would have heard it moving. If it was something in the water, we would have heard it displacing water while moving. I know this area like the back of my hand. I'm terrified to go back outside again and afraid as soon as the sun goes down. We all felt like we were lucky to get out of there. I was excited about spring and summer and to get back out hiking again, but I'm terrified at the thought of it.